Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Anthony DeStefano. Anthony is an author, television host, activist. He's written a handful of best-selling Christian books for adults, including A Travel Guide to Heaven, Ten Prayers God Always Says Yes To. He's also written a number of best-selling books for children, including The Donkey That No One Could Ride. And today we're going to talk about his newest children's book, How the Angels Got Their Wings. Anthony, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What a, what a treat. Thank you. Well, uh, again, I know you're, you know, doing a lot of interviews on this book. And as I was telling you before we got on air, I gave it to my grandson, who's six, who lives with us, and you passed with flying colors. So that made this, <laughs> interview, made this interview much easier. But, you know, is, you know you, since you write books for different age groups, adults and children, is one harder, one group harder to write for than the other? Is there, you know, a, a significant difference or do you prefer a group better than the other? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, the answer is, first of all, I always try to write as simply as possible, uh, whether I'm writing for adults or children. My whole goal of my writing uh, career is to simplify a complicated spiritual uh, theological concept without watering down or compromising the faith, because it's really easy to simplify things if you want to water them down. But the trick is to keep them orthodox and traditional, but at the same time make them easier to understand. So I'm always trying to do that. So it's natural for me to want to write for children as well as adults. I would say in answer to your question, though, writing adult books, uh, nonfiction books for adults, is much harder. Uh, you know, yeah, you have to sit there and do a lot of research. And, you know, it's, it's 200 pages and it takes a year or you know, six months to a year to write. And sometimes it's very hard. You have writer's block and all of that and all of that that goes along with writing full-length books. Children's books are much more easy to write themselves. The writing, the process is more enjoyable, it's quicker, it's easier, but here's the difference. It's harder, I think, to come up with an original idea for children's books. Uh, there's so many out, people out there trying to write children's books because they think it's easy that the competition is actually much, much higher uh, to get a children's book published. So in order to get one published, you have to come up with a really original way, uh, way of saying something and a really a good title and a, a really original idea. So that's a, that's a comprehensive answer as I can give you. <laughs> well, and I, you know, the simpler people write, a simple mind like mine works very well. I really appreciate that. But, you know, also with the children's book, right, and you look at this, you know, it's so well illustrated, but you have to find an illustrator to go along with it too, right? And, and it has to match kind of your thought process, I would think, when you're finding an illustrator to kind of get your message across, right? That's right. It, it's a very, I mean, uh, a picture tells a thousand words, as the old cliche goes. And with children's books uh, in particular, that's important. You, and I work very hard to find the right illustrator. I've used a whole range of illustrators, and I pick them depending on what the theme of the book is, what I'm trying to get across. If I write a book like The Donkey That No One Could Ride, which is about animals, then I go to somebody named Richard Cowdery, who's the world's greatest uh, artist when it comes to animals. He could work, he could have 
illustrated Bambi in those early Disney classics. He's so good because he gets human expressions on the, on the animal faces. But with a book like this on angels, we are trying to capture the awesome, the awesome power of these, of these, of these spiritual supernatural beings that God created. Uh, you want to get someone who could make them look like greater than, than Marvel comic book characters because they are, but also realistic because they're true. You know, and so, and, and you want someone who could do panoramic scenes like the creation of the, the world, as we have in the beginning of this book, but also someone who could do intimate little scenes like a child under a Christmas tree uh, with an angel on top of the tree. So I had to search very hard to find this particular artist. His name is Antonio Javier Caparo, and I think he outdid himself. He did a fantastic job. No, and I think so too. I think, you know, it adds so much to the story it's a both and it can't be an either or the book my guess probably wouldn't succeed but you know one of the questions you know how important is it for kids to have good christian books today because you know we have all this transgender ideology right this atheist way of thinking whether it's the gender unicorn i am jazz all these books trying to indoctrinate children where you're writing such a good true story about the truth the faith and the beauty of the faith, especially when it comes to angels, I mean, there's not enough of these books out there. Well, I don't think so, and that's one of the reasons why I'm drawn. I've always been drawn to writing uh, children's books. I'm keenly aware of the culture war. I mean, I've been working in the pro-life movement now for over 30 years, uh, and I'm very well aware of what you just said, that the culture itself, the secular, uh, atheistic uh, uh, society, um, has got a very, very anti-Christian, anti-Catholic view, and they don't hesitate to jump over the heads of the parents and use propaganda with the children in the public school curriculums and on TV and in the movies and every other way. So they're trying to brainwash our children, and we have to counter it in some way. We just can't let the TV uh, and the movies be the babysitters and the, and, the, and the tablets be the babysitters for the kids because uh, there's a lot of garbage coming in that way. And so, yes, I, I try very hard to counter that in my own small way by writing these children's books that capture the moral imagination of our children and make them see some of these beautiful truths of our faith. Try to hook them, um, and, 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 and hopefully then they, that will then lead them to be, become eventually good, solid uh, Christians, good, solid Catholics, and, and, and pro-life warriors, and, and all of the rest. Well, you dedicate this book to your guardian angel. I'm just curious, you know, have you always had a good, you know, this understanding and a relationship with your guardian angel? Is this something that's grown over time? Oh, yes. Yeah. When I was in my uh, teens and 20s, I was far from the faith. I, 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 I'm Italian. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, if, if, you're, if you're re, uh, your audience can't tell already by my accent. Uh, I, I, I went to public schools. I, I, w I was not a committed Catholic again until my mid-20s, late-20s. And then I wrote my first book, A Travel Guide to Heaven, uh, which was for adults. And it was then that I started really thinking about angels and reading about angels. Um, and, you know, I, I hosted a couple of TV series on EWTN, met Mother Angelica a few times, and got to, you know, know of her close relationship with her guardian angel. So it's definitely grown over the years. And I dedicated this book to, the guard, to my guardian angel and actually included an illustration of, of, a, of, of a person who's supposed to be me there at a desk, uh, sort of racking his brains for an idea. And uh, the, the guardian angel is standing there whispering an idea into his, into his head. 
and you'll see around uh, the figure of the writer there uh, some of the characters from my children's books, my previous children's books. So it was sort of a homage to Norman Rockwell that dedication page. But it's one that I take very, I, I take very seriously. Your guardian angel is there to help you, and we should utilize our guardian angel more by asking them to guide us and to give us ideas. They're very smart. Well, and I think that's what your book really does convey, you know, especially to, really to everybody. And I think it's important because, you know, how many times, you know, as a deacon and even before I've heard, you know, people say that, you know, when somebody dies, they're going to turn into an angel. You know, there's just and or that, you know, God's just continually making angels. And, you know, it's almost like a production line. Uh, there's so many misunderstandings about angels, but you really explain it in a simple but very clear and direct way. Well, thank you. Yeah, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. You're right. Uh, the secular culture has tried to hijack angels, and uh, the outcome has not always been so good because of some of those misunderstandings that you just mentioned. But the story of the angels is very fascinating. I mean, it, it involves the creation of these supernatural, powerful creatures, pure spirits uh, that are highly individual. You know, Thomas Aquinas uh, thought that each angel was so different from every other angel, as to constitute its own species. In other words, angels are as different from each other as we are from a dog or a cat. Uh, they, they, and your guardian angel has is, is got its, its unique, quote-unquote, personality. They're not some mass production line of, of these you know, spiritual uh, creatures. They're, 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 they have a reality. And their, their history is, is uh, fascinating. It involves the battle between good and evil and the fall of the, 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 the evil angels, the Satan. These are real things, a lot more compelling and fascinating than any of the Marvel comic book movies that these kids are watching in the movies or, or seeing on television. The fact of the matter is the Lord wasn't like, I, geez, I just don't know what to give these people when they come into existence. So I guess I'll just give them a guardian angel, right? We're, there, we're given a guardian angel because we are the church militant, and we need that guidance, that help. And angel angels are messengers, so they help us communicate and understand what the Lord's asking of us, don't they? They do. Uh, you know, they, they, they don't wave a magic wand and, and, and uh, cancel out free will. They don't do that. No one has the power to do that. Even God doesn't do that. He can, but he doesn't choose to do that. He allows our free will. He hasn't created a race of robots, automatrons, computers. We have a free will, and that means we can do evil. But he gives us lots of things that influence us. Uh, good friends, family, the church, etc. One of those influences are, are, is, is the angels, and he, and he get, and as the Bible makes very clear, you know that famous line from Matthew where Jesus tells his disciples, you know, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. He's speaking about children. For I say to you that their angels in heaven are always looking upon the face of my heavenly Father. And elsewhere in Scripture too, we see that uh, we see references to people having their own angels. And if God gives you an angel, believe me, there's a reason for it. It means you need it. And, and a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that evil is not ignoring you. The demons, the devil, they're out there playing an active role. You may ignore or you may not believe in them, but they believe in you and they're not going to ignore you. So we need the help. When you understand angels, I think it really ought to, no one should ever get complacent in their faith because when you think that 
all the angels were in the presence of the Lord and some turned away, we should never get comfortable in our faith. Because to think any being in the presence of God could still turn away means that it would be easy for us to do it if we don't stay vigilant and stay in relationship with our guardian angel. That's true, and with the other angels as well, uh, especially, let's say, St. Michael the Archangel, mm-hmm. since he, we know, had such a special role in casting Satan uh, out of heaven. Um, yes, you know, Lucifer, or Satan, uh, Lucifer means morning star, and, and tradition says that he was the brightest of the angels, the most brilliant of the angels, and because of the sin of pride, uh, he fell. Uh, now we we can experience that too in our own lives. Sometimes you know, not sometimes we know we're doing bad things. Sometimes we actually enjoy stewing in our own pride. We know that the right thing to do is to apologize to someone or to make things better. But sometimes there are moments when we just it, it, we it feels better to be angry and prideful and to dig our heels in. And when that happens to us, when we feel those moments of actual pleasure from doing. The wrong thing. That's when we're getting a foretaste of hell. That's what the demons and the devil feel all the time. And it's a good lesson for adults as well as children that, look, it, this stuff could happen to you too. You know, the, 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 the angels were tested, human beings were tested, and we're still being tested. And, and we, need, we need the help of the church. We need the angels. We need all the help we can get. Well, and I, that's why I think, you know, as you read this to your kids or your grandkids or whoever, Right. There, there is a message for everyone here. And, you know, I, you, know you look at the illustrations when you see the illustration of uh, Satan in this book. It reminds you of Satan in the in Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion. That's right. You know, we, we I talked to the illustrator long and hard about this, you know, because some people had said to me, well, maybe you shouldn't have Satan even in the book. Maybe that'll be too frightening for children. And I automatically overruled that. I said, no, no, you cannot not have uh, a big part of the story of angels. And that you have to include the whole story. And uh, it's important for children to know that there is evil. But uh, I also took the Walt Disney approach, you know, the early Walt Disney movies, where you, know, you, could, sh- you could show things that are a little bit frightening, as long as you also show that good can conquer those frightening things. Uh, you, know, you, can ha- you could show a dragon as long as you could show that it's possible to slay a dragon. And in the case of the angels, uh, St. Michael the Archangel and, and all the other lane- angels uh, are more powerful than Satan, and they did cast him out of hell, uh, out of heaven. And even though we made Satan look very eerie, uh, sort of like Mel Gibson's version in The Passion, we didn't make, we purposely did not make him look more powerful than, say, St. Michael or, or St. Gabriel or any of the angels. We made sure that those angels were a lot more superhero-looking than, than, the, than the devil. Well, and in, that's, that's reality, right? They are more powerful than the devil. And I think, you know, it's one of the things, you know, for people who didn't, who wouldn't want it in there, right? We spend too much time in our society trying to, even within the church, unfortunately, with some, trying to deny there is a hell. It's more of a figment of people's imagination. And it is a reality. And I think this book really portrays that reality. And it does. I think the angels do look like superheroes. And in the end, they are because they're protecting us. That's right. And, you know, I wrote a full uh, nonfiction book uh, called uh, Hell, a Guide, a couple of years ago. And it was all about the fact that hell is real. Uh, hell does exist. There are people and there are uh, demons there. 
And that's the fact of faith, which, which, which there's no way getting around. No matter what kind of mental gymnastics you do, uh, the, the, you're denying the gospel and denying the, the teaching of the church for 2,000 years if you say that, you're not a, that there is no hell. I just tried in that book to make it clear why there, why there could be a hell and why there's still a possibility for people to go to hell today and how we have a taste, have a foretaste of that hell even, even in our lives sometimes when we turn to the dark side away from God. So, yes, I agree 100% that I wanted to make that point clear. Well, I think you did. And I think it was, you know, again, the book is very well done, highly recommended. It's put out by uh, Sophia Press. I think, you know, when my grandson talked about it, I think one of the most impactful parts of the book, when, you know, there's people in the grocery store, there's people, you know, firefighters, there's different people portrayed throughout the book with their guardian angel with them. And he was like, is my, is my guardian angel with me? And he's always with me. I mean, it really was impactful to see the way this was illustrated and it was written that we are never alone, no matter how alone sometimes we feel. That's right. And you know, it was very important to have a couple of those scenes in there with like, for instance, we have this aerial shot of a grocery store <laughs> and then yeah. everybody in that grocery store from the little baby in the, in the, in the carriages, uh, to the, the workmen, to the, to the people at the counter, the people leaving, everyone has an, an angel there floating uh, near them or standing near them. I didn't want this book to just have these kinds of superhero battle between good and evil in, in, in heaven and the, between the devil. I wanted to show that, you know, the angels, they get their hands dirty. They come to earth and they're with all of us, every single one of us in everything we do. We, we have them from the moment of conception and they'll be there at our deathbeds. So uh, it was important to show the ordinary scenes too, where they're there. And it was important also, most importantly, to make this point that you'll never ever be alone because loneliness is a very big problem in life. Uh, despair, a people feeling abandoned by friends, by family. Sometimes they feel abandoned by God too, or they talk about the silence of God. But the truth is that we always have someone right there with us, a great friend, like an older older brother or sister, always with us and always will be with us. And if we give children that idea very, very young, then hopefully that will help them later on when they do have to go through all of life's trials and tribulations. There's no way to stop that from happening, uh, but we can at least give them some help now that they'll have the rest of their lives. Well, it's so, it's so refreshing to see a picture of a grocery store, and no one has a mask on, Anthony. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I kept the masks off uh, there at the, at the in the church too. There's a scene I wanted to show uh, a, a scene where angels gather most. Of course, is is before the blessed uh, sacrament, because people forget that too. And so there's a scene there in in a church with a priest, um, you know, saying mass uh, w with the host elevated, and 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 all the angels are around the altar. Uh, prostrate and worshiping and because we Catholics sometimes forget that we have the greatest gift in the world. We have the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ every single time we go to Mass. And even though we have angels with us right now, you have one in your studio, I have one in my home where I am, you know, it, it's different than in church because in church you have you have God there in a special way. You have Jesus Christ there, and where God is, so are the angels worshiping. So in church, when you close, close your eyes sometimes and try to imagine, there are thousands of angels uh, on that altar uh, worshiping before, before the Blessed Sacrament. 
It is, it's, it's such a blessing to see those pictures. Um, but it also reminds you, right, no matter how great and powerful the angels are and their pure spirits and how close they are to God, only we get to receive the Eucharist. So how special is that for us as humans? Yes, yes. And, and, and you know, while angels are more powerful than us and more brilliant than us right now, we always have to remember that, that God Almighty uh, became a became one of us. He didn't become an angel. He became right, right now in heaven, uh, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus Christ wears the form of a man, uh, and 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 so so angels can never be uh, superior to us, even though they are in power and might and brilliance now. Actually, it's human beings who are destined to 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 rule on the throne with Lord according uh, with the Lord according to Revelation. So so they're more like our older brothers, is what I say. I don't know. Hopefully not an older brother that thumps you every once in a while. No, 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 no. Well, maybe sometimes you need it, though. (laughs) Or the the protector type, that's for sure. And, you know, again, it is such a reminder. Um, You know, you show the the angels in church, you show them in the grocery store with with firemen. It almost reminds you kind of like a 9-11 scene. It it is a 9-11. It's meant to be a 9-11 scene. Yeah, it's exactly what it looks like. But the reminder is, you know, how sad they must be when we're doing things we're not supposed to. Like, all we're hearing about now, right, in this, unfortunately, this month called Pride Month, which makes no sense, right, drag queen story times where parents are dragging their three, four, five, six-year-olds to this depravity. The angels are there also. And geez, oh, man, we need to make sure we have that mental picture and remind us that they don't want us there. They want us closer to God, right? And that's right. And, there's, you know, again, the, the angels, um, one of the reasons why I showed the 9-11 scene is because it's more than just uh, 9-11. It's a metaphor that tragedy and evil does exist in the world, and angels don't prevent that. Not all the time. They can. They can be used as instruments of God to save children from car accidents and things like that, and I show that in the book, too. But, but they don't wave a magic wand and remove evil from the world. We have free will, and we can commit evil, both, both in terms of flying a plane into a building or in terms of doing things that are morally uh, terrible. Uh, like like killing children in the womb, and and the and the kinds that you just mentioned before, uh, and angels just try to influence us. They're there to influence, and they have a great deal of influence, but they can't stop us from doing things that are bad. We have to remember again, in, in reference to uh, abortion as well. You know, all those uh, children that are unborn, uh, they had guardian angels too. Uh, the, the, those guardian angels were deprived of their job. Of, of what they what they were set they were given the job of watching over children their whole lives and then they were deprived of that job so we can we can do that to angels too we have that power by by what we do to each other it is a reminder to us right we do we are given these special gifts but it's not magic like we're given the gift of the holy spirit at our baptism right we're sealed with it at our confirmation but even with you know the third person of the trinity dwelling within us and our guardian angels, we can ignore all that because we do have the free will, as you mentioned earlier. And we need to understand we've been given these gifts to be able to battle against the lies of the evil one. And if we don't use them, then, you know what, it's like somebody giving you a Christmas gift and you throw it on a shelf and never look at it. 
That's right. And, you know, you gave that great example before about the, uh, the angels in, in heaven who rejected God. They had God right before them, and, 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 they, and it was possible for them to, to turn away and, and go into darkness. And that's possible for us to do that today, too. Luckily for us, though, because we are not pure spirits and because we don't process things uh, at light speed like the angels did, our decisions are not irrevocable like theirs was. They made their decisions in a moment. They chose to do wrong, and that was the, that they can never change that, their mind again because they don't have a mind to change. I wrote about this in my book, Hell. Uh, but, but we do have time to change. We do. We can go back and change our minds. And so we have in the church, no matter what evils we do, uh, we always have the, the, the uh, power to repent. You know, one drop of Christ's blood is enough to wash away the sins of a billion universes. So the Church has this, this, this beautiful message that has, on the right hand, we say, look, these are moral evils, and you, you cannot, and if you break them, you are indulging in evil. But on the other hand, we say, you can always pick yourself up, repent, and, and get straight with God, and God is going to be waiting with open arms for you. We have this beautiful sacrament of reconciliation, and so, you know, we, we don't deny evil, but at the same time, we do say it can be forgiven. Well, and you can just imagine the joy in, in angels when they see someone go to and come out of the confessional, and really, they can help guide us to that, right? A lot of times, that pull could be them reminding us, look, we need to be cleansed, we need to get rid of that sinfulness. I mean, think about, think about in the Bible, you know, God didn't, uh, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, and she conceived Jesus in her womb. But um, but God, the Father, didn't directly talk to uh, Our Lady. He sent an angel to tell her. He sent an angel to Zechariah. He sent an angel, a heavenly host, to, to tell everyone, the shepherds, that, that Jesus, uh, announcing the birth of Jesus. He uses angels. If he used angels with Joseph so many times, and Our Lady, and with, with, with all those Old Testament and New Testament uh, saints, then why wouldn't he also be using angels with us? It makes sense. He uses the angels. The angels have a very vibrant life that's separate from our lives. They have their own angelic life, and God utilizes them the way he utilizes us sometimes. So yes, I think when, we're given, when we have this inspiration, uh, when we're tempted to do good, uh, we should keep in mind that might very well be our guardian angel telling us to do that. Well, we're, I can't believe we're less than a minute. And uh, I looked at this book and I thought, geez, I could probably talk about it for an hour and I'll never get to everything. But how can people follow what you're doing, Anthony? How can they look up your other books? Because, again, you've put out so much great material, and especially in this day and time, people need to be seeing the truth. Well, I appreciate that. I, 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 uh, luckily, I'm blessed. My books are pretty much everywhere. Um, they, I have a webpage. If people don't mind my Italian name, it's www.anthonydestefano.com. If you, if you type in any variation of that, I'm sure it'll come up. And you can see there all my books and all the videos, book, book readings I've done for those books uh, and the shows that I've put out on EWTN. Uh, but, but, but they're available pretty much at Catholic bookstores around the country, also at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, uh, pretty much anywhere. Uh, you know, you could find my books. I've been very blessed. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.